Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. You online, how's everybody doing today? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Man, we are, we're catching up. I'm sorry I was a little out of order, a little disjointed today. I don't know what happened. Um, it just snuck up on me, but please forgive me for that. Welcome to Renew Church. My name is Pastor Trevor. And uh, if you would, if you're a guest today, take that little connection card that's in the seat rack right in front of you, fill it out, and drop it off with a, an usher on the way out. They hold the buckets. Um, and you can drop it there or in an offering box on your way out. We would love to uh, be able to connect with you and help you take some some next steps. Also, if you're a guest today, we have a guest meal right after the service. It's a great opportunity for you to get to know us and for us to get to know you. So we encourage you and invite you to stay right after the service. Maybe you already planned on it. Maybe you did not plan on it, but join us for guest meal right after this this service today. Um, One other just shameless plug announcement. May the 7th is serve day. And uh, May the 7th is, is an opportunity for us to fulfill one of our core values, which is we love our city. And we are specifically going to a, a, a house uh, of a lady that lives about five miles west of here. And uh, she, she just needs some help. She lives in a house where it, it can use some work. And we're going to go and bless her and help her. And the reason why we're helping her is because she helps so many more people. Like literally we have done uh, toy giveaways, turkey giveaways, and literally when we do them, we, we take 50 turkeys to her house and then she calls all of her community and they just show up from everywhere, people, because she has such a connection to the migrant community. And so we want to go and we want to bless this, this lady. So we would love it if you would help us on May the 7th. We're also collecting canned goods and non-perishable foods between now and then, but we want you to help us as we, we do that. All right. So, hey, let me, um, let me just get into the message uh, this week. We're in a series called Hard Knocks. It started last Sunday, and it continues for the next few weeks. But we st- started last week talking about the orphan heart. And in that series, in that message, I, I kind of uh, recognized, even in the opening message, that I have an orphan heart. Um, it's the, the, the comparison between feeling like you're a son or daughter of God or you're an orphan and you're fighting for your place. You're, you're seeking after the other half of the locket as Annie did in the, in the Annie movie. Um, and we are offered the whole locket. We are offered what God offers to us without having to earn it, without having to, to fight for it. It's already given to us. This week, I want to talk to you from Luke chapter 15. I want to share from the story of the prodigal son, but really, I'm just going to kind of summarize it. And, and uh, this is one of the parables of Jesus, probably one of the most famous parables of Jesus. And this parable is, is a, a parable, a story that Jesus told when he was being confronted with the fact that he liked to hang out with sinners and he liked to eat dinner with them. And, and so Jesus tells three parables. He tells the parable of the lost sheep, parable of the lost coin, and then he tells the parable of the lost Son and and so it, it just to get, kind of summarize it because I'm not going to read the whole scripture here. You can read it on your own, Luke 15 on uh, this week. But the younger son goes to his dad, and he says, "Dad, give me my inheritance. Give me give me what's mine before dad is dead." Which really is saying, "Dad, I wish you were dead." That's what he's saying when he says that because you're not supposed to take an inheritance until your father dies. And then he goes off to a foreign land and he squanders it in wild living. That's why they call him the prodigal, because a prodigal is someone that lives the lavish lifestyle, not even thinking for the future. And the money runs out 
the friends run out and he ends up in a pig pen feeding pigs in a pig pen. That's the only job he could find. And he goes back to his father, and, and the story goes, and you can read it, but he goes, he goes back to his father, and, and the father sees him a long ways off, and he runs, which you didn't do in that day and age. A, a sophisticated gentleman would not run, but he sees him a long ways off. He runs. He takes the robe, the ring, the sandals. He gives him the sandals on his, puts sandals on his feet. He kills the calf, and, and he celebrates, and he has a party, and he says, this son was dead, and he's alive. He was lost and he's found. I want you to check out, though, these verses. So I just kind of gave you the summary of, of what happened with the prodigal son. And, and we are oftentimes the prodigal sons and daughters of God that he's saying, man, if you would just come home. But I want you to get this in Luke 15, verse 17. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home. Tell your neighbor, somebody just tell your neighbor, let's go home. Can you do that real quick? Let's go home. To my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he had this whole idea in mind. This is what he was going to say. You see, as an orphan, you have two choices, and that's this, the message, uh, the title of today's message is, is the hard life or the home life. You have two choices in life. You can choose the hard life or you can choose the home life. Just, just by kind of a, a, a quick poll of, of, of the room for a moment, and it probably is based on your age and, and stage of life a little bit because I think this answer would have been different for me at a different time in life, but it's a Friday night. You have nothing to do. The kids are, uh, have a sitter. Like Literally, you can, you can choose one of these two options. Would you rather stay home or would you rather go out? If you would rather stay home, raise your hand. If you'd rather stay home. All right, cool. So, so we probably have a little bit of a younger crowd. How many of you would, would, would go out? Raise your hand. All right, so it's about half and half. Some would say they want to go home and others say they would want to go out. For me personally, you know what I love to do? I love to go home. I love to stay at home. You see, the older I get, the more at home I, I, I like to be. There's something special for me about being at home. And, and between small groups and, and, and meetings and, and different gatherings that I'm a part of, different nights of the week, I cherish the nights when I can be at home more so because my, my other nights of the week are taken. My other nights of the week are so, so preoccupied. And my favorite thing to do on those nights when I'm at home is really just nothing. Like for my girls, it's, it's television, it's, it's the voice on that night, that voice comes out. I can't stand the voice, but I have to watch it if I'm, if I'm going to spend quality time with them. Um, or if I choose to, to isolate myself, then I'll watch like a reality crime show. Like I watch those like Datelines and First 48s and those things. But um, they're not going to watch that stuff with me. So if I want to spend time with my girls, then I'm going to be... Uh, at home watching The Voice and Blake Shelton, but uh, that's, that's just the way that is. There's something special, though, about staying home. And, and Dorothy coined it, maybe you've heard of her. She said this, there's no place like home. You guys are smart. There, there's no place like home. What, what makes something home? Home is, is where we are. Home is what you make of it. Home is a place of of safety, of security. It's a place of confidence, of refuge. It's a place of, of nurture and growth. It's where we go after a tiring day. It's an oasis. And home is familiar. 
This word kind of stood out to me. Home is familiar because, in other words, that's my couch, that's my bathroom, that's my refrigerator. These are are familiar to me, but familiar also meaning like as it relates to family. It's, It's a place for family. The prodigal son's story is a story about home. And the prodigal son came home he, he, he came home because he knew what it was like to go live the hard life. And he said, you know what? I don't want the hard life anymore. I want the, the, the home life. But you know, the prodigal son story, which is what we often call it, also has another story of the older son. The older son who didn't realize what home was all about. He didn't realize what he had because he had never left it. You see, Jack Frost wrote in his book, Slavery to Sonship, an orphan spirit is one who lives life as though they do not have a home. In other words, they don't even recognize that they have a home that they, are, they can be a part of. When I was a kid, most people don't know this, and if my mom is watching, I don't even know if she knows this, but when I was a kid, I was in first grade, I ran away from home. <laughs> the reason why she might not have known it is, is because it was such a short runaway <laughs> that she thought I just went out to play, but I didn't. Literally, I had a plan. Like, I had a bag packed, I had an apple and an orange, a t-shirt, a toy gun, and a bag of chips, a Ziploc bag of chips, and I think I took a little bottle of water, okay? And, and I was running away at the age of seven. I was done with the rules of my house. I was done with my older brothers picking on me. I was running away from home at the age of seven in the first grade. I made it five houses down the street. I got a little hungry and I decided to break out my apple. I finished my apple and began to contemplate how much further I could get on the orange and the extra, you know, fruits and and what I was going to do after I, you know, got out of my cul-de-sac and onto the main street. And I decided, you know what, I think I want to go back home. I don't know if you know that, Mom, but I did. It was one time. There's four things that I want you to get when you come home. These are the things that I found in my home, and these are the things that you can find in your home. But I'm not just talking about your personal home, because some of you, when I speak about home, in the same way when I talk about a father, father doesn't have a good, good, good uh, connotation with you, because you did not have a good father. As I told you last week, your heavenly father is not a foster father. Your heavenly father is not a father that you, you have to prove to and earn his love. Your heavenly father is a father that loves you just because of who you are. And the same thing is true about the home we're going to talk about. Regardless of the home life you were brought up in, regardless of how many times you moved or how many times you slept on a couch or how many times your, your parents didn't come home to be with you, the home that I'm talking about today is a heavenly home. It's, it, it's a home that's available to you here and now, though. It's not just a, a home that, that's coming in, in this life after death. There's, there's four things that I want you to find and, and you'll find when you come home. Number one, you will find uh, identity. You'll find identity. This is where we started last week because many of us struggle with this orphan heart like Annie. We're searching for the other half of the locket when God offers us the whole thing. You see, orphans, they compete for identity. They're competing for that, that place while sons and daughters are complete in their identity because that's just who they are. They're, they're sons and daughters. In Matthew chapter 3, Jesus is being baptized and he's being baptized by his cousin John and and as he's coming up out of the water Suddenly a voice from heaven says this is my son 
With him I am well pleased. I need you to know something for a second. Jesus is baptized before he even begins his ministry. He's baptized before he even does any miracles. Jesus is baptized before anything special happens. He hasn't called his disciples. He hasn't done anything. And God the Father says to Jesus the Son, this is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Before he ever performed, before he ever did anything, to be approved of, God was approving of him. The day my kids were born, I loved them as much as I ever would before they would ever do anything right or wrong. I, I took them home. There wasn't a, 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 a contingency. There wasn't a stipulation that you better not cry this much or you better not wet your pants or you better not do these things. No, you're my daughter, so you're coming home with me because I'm your dad. doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means that his love for you is perfect. That's the Heavenly Father that has that kind of identity for you. When you come home, you have an identity. And I know for some of us, you're having a hard time identifying as a son or a daughter. But if you don't recognize this, then it's going to be hard to come home. It's going to, it's going to be much easier to choose the hard life. It's going to be easier to choose the hard knocks life or, or the street life or the hustle but God is saying you don't have to stay in the hustle. You can come home. Second thing you find when you come home, you come home to find intimacy. Orphans achieve intimacy. Sons and daughters, they receive intimacy. I love to come home. As I said before, there's no fear of rejection at home. There's no fear of being ignored, no fear of being betrayed. I don't know how to do a lot of things, but I do know how to be at home. I know how to be myself, dad, husband, just, just whoever I am, I love to be myself at home. Home is a place where I spend time with the ones that I love. It's a, a table where we eat together. It's a couch where we sit together. It's a neighborhood that we walk in. It's, there's conversation in home, laughter in home, hugs in the home, prayer in the home, kisses in the home. All of these things, they happen in the home. Home is a place of intimacy. And your Heavenly Father, He wants you to come home. It's at home that you move from encounters to inhabitation. It's at home that you move from this, this like, oh, I, I just want to come and get an experience and then I'll go back out to the street. No, I'm, I'm inviting you to stay home. I'm inviting you and I'm challenging you in this, in this series to say, I'm not going to live the hard knocks life. No, I'm going to live the home life. And that means that I'm not just coming for an experience and then going back out to my old ways. It's meaning I want to choose to be at home. It's a lifestyle. It's not just an experience. Here's what David said in Psalm 27. He says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. You know who this was? This was David the psalmist, but it's also David the king. He was very wealthy. He had a palace. You know, like, he, he was the king and yet he said, you know what I want to do? I want to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is where I want to be, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. He's saying, I just want to stay with you, Dad. I just want to be in your presence. 
I want to take you to to John chapter 14 for a minute to to give you another picture of this for a second. Imagine being invited to God's house to hang out for just a second. Here it is in John 14 and Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. That is an invitation from Jesus to God's house. And you may think, yeah, Trevor, that's for when we're dead. That's what you read at funerals. And I have read that at funerals, trust me. But it's not just for when you die. It's not just for the deceased. This goes beyond that. Let's read on in verse 5. Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? In other words, you know, Jesus, we need a map for this thing. Can you drop a pin? Can you text us the address? What, can, you, can you help us get to this place? And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, from now on. In other words, he wasn't saying in the future after you die. He's saying from now on, you do know him and you have seen him. He's saying from this day forward, from now on, your home from this point on in fact let's read on in verse 22 then judas not judas iscariot said but lord why do you intend to show yourself to us and not the world jesus replied anyone who loves me will obey my teaching and then i want you to catch this my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them in other words he wants to live in you live with you be be inhabited in you not just an experience not just a moment not just a a a a salvation moment but a home life A, a, a full experience of just saying you know what i'm now with god and he is with me you come home to find identity you come home to find intimacy you come home to find inheritance Here's the third point. You come home to find inheritance. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided it between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, away from home, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. You see, the prodigal son tried to take his inheritance and leave home with it. He tried to take what was was his and leave home with it. The problem was, is when he left home, it it left also, like it ran out. Your inheritance in the kingdom, it works from home. That's where it happens. That's how how you have uh, inheritance is at home. You see, orphans, they live for provision while sons and daughters, they live from inheritance. And I know oftentimes we think of provision, we think of uh, money, but it's beyond money. It goes beyond just, just the financial things. What do we need to live a good life? What are some of the provisions of a good life? It's joy, it's peace, it's acceptance, it's love. All of these things you can't buy. All of these things that you know people in life that have a lot of money, but they have none of those things. This is the provision of God that comes. And we need to stop seeing everything we receive as just a temporary provision and look to our Heavenly Father for His inheritance as sons and daughters. Think to the Old Testament for a minute. Think of the children of Israel for just a minute. When they were in between the the slavery in Egypt and the promised land, they were in the wilderness. They were 40 years wandering in the desert. And in the wilderness, they received daily manna from heaven. 
But when they found a home, they also received a promise of inheritance from their heavenly father. They got their promise, the promised land. This was their inheritance. In Joshua chapter 5, verse 12, it says, The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. What land is that? It's the promised land. The land of their inheritance. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites. But guess what? They weren't complaining. Guess what? They weren't upset about that. They weren't like, oh God, why did you, you bring us to the promised land not to drop manna from the, the heavens? You know why? Because they all of a sudden were in their promised land and their provision never, no longer had to come from, from the sky, but it came from the produce from, from the land that, that God gave to them. There was no longer provision of manna. Instead, they ate the produce of the promised land. That year, they ate from the promise of inheritance. See, orphans live a life, life waiting for manna to fall, while sons and daughters live a life of promise from their inheritance. Orphans look for the blessing of an apple, while sons and daughters pick from an orchard. Orphans look for the next piece of produce. Sons and daughters, they, they get to plant crops in their own land. Orphans, they want a piece of bread. Sons and daughters, they plant wheat fields in their land. In the wilderness, the children of Israel, they needed daily bread. They had this orphan mentality. But in the promised land, God gave them their inheritance. And with it came everything they needed to produce food for them and for their families. I need you to get this. Orphans, they live under pressure. There, there's always the question of what's next. Am I going to have the next thing, the next provision? Sons and daughters, they live under promise. When you're in the promised land, when you're home, you're, you're under a promise and you can rest in the fact that God is going to take care of you. And that's the third point, the fourth point. Come home to find rest. Come home to find rest. If you've been living the hard knocks life, if you've been living that hard life, I want to challenge you to come home to find rest. Because that's the greatest thing about home. You see, orphans, they work hard so that they can rest, while sons and daughters rest so they can work hard. It, it's almost like you, you look at the weekend in different ways. It's like uh, working really hard so that you can finally collapse on Friday night or Saturday. And, and the opposite is true for sons and daughters. It's like uh, getting your rest and get, building up your energy so that you're ready to face the week in front of you. Have you ever thought about this? Adam and Eve, they were created, in the creation account, they were created on the sixth day. Well, what happened on the seventh day? Rest. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that was a plan. I think that was part of God's purpose for us, is for us to be able to experience rest. And you come home to find rest. You think you'll find rest when you finish. You think you'll find rest when you get the right amount in the bank account. You think you'll find rest when the season is over. You think you'll find rest when you finish the project. But you were never meant to work towards rest. You were created to work from rest. You were created to work from this rest that helps you to go face whatever it is that's in front of you. I, I've been thinking about this and I, I shared it in the first service and it's something that, that was shared with me. Proper alignment leads to divine assignment. Proper alignment leads to divine assignment. And man, I have personally seen that in my own life. Amen. When I'm properly aligned, 
That's when I'm divine assigned. And, and when I'm not, in other words, when I'm in, in angst or anxiety or when I'm under pressure and I'm worried and I'm overwhelmed, I'm not properly aligned and I can't find my divine assignment. I mean, even sermon work, even, even writing messages is so much harder when I feel the pressure of it versus just being able to rest in the presence of God and say, God, what is it that you want me to share with your people? Proper alignment leads to divine assignment. The problem is, is we want the assignment first and then we'll align to it. But as Lef Hetland, the, the writer of this book, um, The Orphan Spirit, talks about, uh, we think it's become, receive, and then rest. Become, you know, I'm, I'm going to become this, this great person, this overachiever, and then I'm going to receive all these accolades and then I'm going to rest. But the opposite is what a son and daughter is supposed to do. It's, it's rest, receive, and then become. Rest, receive, and then become. I want to I challenge you to come home to find rest. We must continually correct our orphan hearts to move from a place of performance, that's assignment, to a place of rest and security, that's alignment. If you look at Jesus' baptism just for one more second, you, you, you know that when Jesus was baptized, he came up from the water, and it says, Behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. That word alighting is this Greek word erkomai. It means to place, to establish, to fall on, to find its place. So, so it, and it, and it came down, the Spirit of God came down in the form of a dove, and maybe you know this, but doves oftentimes take the form or they symbolize peace, right? A, a dove symbolizes peace. And, and, and have you ever seen a dove like just kind of hanging out on a, a, a branch that's in the middle of a hurricane? Like, does it just perch there and when, when the wind is blowing like crazy? No. No. Doves find their rest on a place of peace. And I think there's no coincidence that the Spirit of God comes down in the form of a dove on a place of peace on the Son of God, on Jesus. And I share that with you to say to you that maybe there's some people in the room that they're not experiencing this, this, this peace. And God is wanting to, to, to bring His Spirit on you, but because there's no peace, you're also missing out on what the Spirit of God wants to do in your life. Amen. He wants to do something in you, but you have to have this place of peace in your life. It's hard for the Holy Spirit to land on you if you're not at rest, if you're not at peace. Come on. You know, it, when Jesus ascended into heaven, after he was crucified, buried, resurrected, then he ascends, you know, after that, that 50 days that he'd spent with his disciples. And he says... I'm going to go, and it's better for you that I go, because I'm going to, when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the, the helper, the, the, the advocate. I think the word is the paraclete, like this. He's going to help you. He's, he's going to be like your supercharger. He's going, to, he's going to give you what you need. But you can't accomplish what God has for you without it. Think about it for a minute. What if you've been doing it too long and too often and too hard because you, you haven't been able to rest, you haven't been able to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. 
the work of the Holy Spirit to get you through all of these things. And, and so because you're doing it backwards and you're fighting to try to get it and then you, you're like, I'm never getting it. It's, it's because you're fighting and instead you need to be at rest. You need to be at peace. You need to experience what God is offering to you when you come home. In Genesis 28, there's uh, this man, his name is Jacob. He's the grandson of Abraham, the son of Isaac. He's the guy that wrestled with God, if you know the story. He worked a lot for his wife, Rachel, like 14 years. He's the father of Joseph and, and the father of the 12 tribes. But before all of those things happened in Genesis 28 and verse 10, like he's under this starry sky. And it says he, he left Beersheba and he set out for Haran. And he reached a certain place, but the certain place isn't so much like the place matters as much. It's not like it was like a, a building. It was not like this geographical point. It was somewhere between Beersheba and Haran. And it says when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. And taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and he lay down to sleep. Talk about my pillow 3.0. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Descending on it. There above stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Jacob is out in, in the open stars. He's camping, trying to get from one place to the next. And he's, he's sleeping on a rock and he he's, he's, has this revelation in the midst of his rest. I think rest brings revelation. I think if you'll come home, you'll, you'll find identity, intimacy, inheritance, but you'll also find rest, and that rest can bring you revelation. It can bring you what it is that you need more than anything else. So we need to, we need to start resting our head on the rock. What's the rock? I, I find it coincidental. Like He couldn't have found something better, like a bundle up some hay or do, something else to lay on. He lays his head on the rock. And I think that's what it is for us. We need to lay our head on the rock, the rock of our salvation. That's Jesus. The old song says, On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. If you want to find home, it's not, one day I'm going to get there. It, it can be between Beersheba and Haran. It can be like out in the middle of the wilderness. But you can find home right where you are in the midst of the stars in the sky. And, and God can reveal himself to you if you're willing to rest. He's inviting you home. Even if your house 
is in foreclosure. Does that make sense? He's inviting you home, even if you only come here on Sundays and maybe one other day a week. He's inviting you to be in in rest, in in peace, in, in identity, intimacy. He's inviting you to this place and there's some sons and daughters. There's some, there, there's some son, sons and daughters that, that they don't know that this is their home. There's some orphans that don't know that they're sons and daughters. And today, I'm inviting you to come and lay your head on the rock. In Luke 15, let me go back to that just for a second. The prodigal son says, I'll go to my father and I'll say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son Please take me on as your hired servant. Two things he got right, one thing he got wrong. The two things he got right is, is I'm going to go home. I'm going home, and that's what some of y'all need to say today. And then the second thing is, is a confession. I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm wrong. I made mistakes. I'm sorry. But the one thing that he got wrong, he got those two right. The one thing that he got wrong is when he said, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He was wrong. And if you think that, if you think, man, I messed up, man, I went too far last time, that, that thing that I did, God will never forgive me, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, you're wrong. Because he invites you to be a son or a daughter of the Most High God. Come home, confess, and be a son or a daughter. Accept the right that God gives you. You're not orphans. This isn't a temporary place. Jesus offers you home. As we wrap up this message, I want to ask you to stand. Go ahead and stand. So what we'll do in this this moment, and this is just for those that, that want that experiential thing. It's not for everybody, and that's okay if it's not for you. But don't not do it because of somebody next to you. That's silly. Like, you may never see that person again. Who knows? But for somebody that, that this, this might be that, that, that rite of passage, this might be that, 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 that move of saying, I'm coming home. We're going to sing this closing song, and as we sing this closing song, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and then we're going to sing this closing song, and, and this will be that opportunity for you just to come forward. And, and maybe you'll, you'll, you'll kneel near the front. Maybe you'll stand. Maybe you'll sit. Whatever that is, who cares? Just, I'm inviting you to come home. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your love for us. God, we thank you for this opportunity, God, that that we can be known as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Thank you that we can come home to experience everything that you have for us. That we don't have to consider ourselves in, in, in a temporary arrangement with the God of heaven. No, we're sons of daughters and we have a place. You have prepared a place and you invite us to be with you even now. God, I pray for the person in the room that doesn't feel like a son or a daughter. I pray for a person in the room that doesn't feel like they have a place to be with you, that they would just say, you know what, here and now, I declare Jesus is Lord. And I come and live with him, and dine with him, and 
relax in him and rest in him. I find my intimacy, my identity, and my inheritance in this home. As we sing this song, if you want to come and pray, if you just want to come and make your, your way to the front, whether you kneel or stand, whatever you do, let's just make this a holy moment where we pray and we sing together.
Amen. 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 So if you've been choosing the hard life, I'm challenging you to step into the home life. I'm challenging you to stop the hard life and accept the home life, the one that God is offering to you to say, man, just come home. Find intimacy, identity, inheritance, and rest. You've been fighting long enough. You don't need to fight any longer. You just need to experience the love of the Father. Be a son, be a daughter of the Most High God. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? If that's you today and you're saying, Pastor, I'm choosing the home life today. I, I want to come home to my Heavenly Father. Just raise your hand right where you're at. Let us know. Man, praise God. I see your hands. I see your hands. You're dumb fighting. I see your hands. Anybody else? I see your hands in the back. I see your hands over here on my left. Praise God. Praise God. You can put your hands down. First step oftentimes for the person that, that is uh, making this decision. Maybe you've already made this decision. But uh, a great first step is to make sure that you're a son or daughter of the Most High. And if there's a person in the room, I would do it just for one. If there's a person in the room that doesn't know Jesus as your Savior, today can be the day of salvation. I'm going to lead you in this prayer, and you can pray it after me. In fact, as a, as a congregation, we're going to pray this together, and you can pray it. It's less about the words, more about your heart, this declaration in your heart. And it goes like this. Just repeat this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I know that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. Today, I choose the home life, and I can't wait to spend the rest of my days with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. If that was you, if that was you and you made that declaration, don't let it stop there. Let it start there. Let it start right there. Come and see me after the service. Stop by the next steps table. Connect with somebody. Make this the beginning of a, a journey, all right? We want to walk with you in your relationship, in your walk with God. All right, Mikey, come on up. this morning. As Pastor Trevor said, my name is Pastor Mikey, and just want to share some announcements, some things we've got coming up, man, see where you can fall in line with that. Some exciting things going on here at Renew Church. First, next weekend is baptism. So if you're new to the faith, if you've never been baptized, man, I would, I would really consider, I would, I would really encourage you to consider getting baptized. What is, what is baptism? Why should I even get baptized, Mikey? Well, baptism is just kind of that next step in, in, in your faith walk, right? We, we, we teach that baptism, it's kind of like, like the wedding ceremony, right? It's, it's not the wedding ceremony that makes you married to that person. It's, it's the agreement, right, that, you're gonna, that you love this person, that you're going to stick with this person through, through and through, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a private decision that you've made. But you have a wedding because you want to like, let the world know about this decision that you've made right? You, you want to celebrate it. You don't want to hide it. You want it to be public. And that's what baptism is, is you've made this decision to follow Jesus, but now you want the world to know in the most public way possible. So when you get into that water, you're, it symbolizes you dying to your old self and you're raising to new life in Christ. 
And what a way to let the world know that this is who you are and this is who you're sticking with. So if you're considering baptism, man, talk to a pastor, reach out to one of us, or visit our website, renew.miami forward slash baptism. Also, um, as Pastor Trevor mentioned, we have guest meal immediately after the service. It's in our connections room, so this building right here to your left. Um, man, if you're a newer guest to Renew Church, if you came on Easter, if you've just never been to guest meal, come and join us. It's a meal on the house. It's free food. Um, I mean, who doesn't want free food? I mean, do you know what our economy is looking like right now? How much are eggs at Publix? I mean, come on. What is going on? So have some free food, okay? Save, save the, the $80 on, on buying some eggs, okay? Join us for guest meal. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be an amazing time. Meet some of our, our team, some of our, our directors and stuff like that. It's going to be an amazing, amazing time. As Pastor Trevor mentioned, serve day. It's going to be an amazing thing. If, if you're into that, man, we would love for you to join us with that. But also, hey, invite some people. Invite some people to come with you, and it'll be a good way to introduce them to some of the people for our church and, and just get to let them know a little bit about, about who we are. Now, this one is important. And dads and husbands, you're going to thank me for this. But in a few weeks, it's Mother's Day. No one likes Mother's Day here. Wow. Honey, Mother's Day is amazing, and I'm so excited to honor and celebrate you as a mother. Dads and husbands, let's do this again. Guys, you know what's coming soon? Mother's Day. My gosh, I'm trying to help you guys out here. You're not giving me anything. Come on. So Mother's Day is coming up, man. And hey, we're doing something special for mamas. We're going to have a build out your own bouquet. It's going to be an unbelievable thing. Just a good way to, to honor moms. If you're a mom, obviously we want you here. We want to celebrate you, honor you. But if you know of a mom, and invite your mom to come and join us here at Renew Church. Again, gentlemen, that is May 14th. I warned you, okay? Lastly, if you'd like to give to Renew Church, I just want to let you know that there's a few ways that you can do that. The first way to do that is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you, and you can drop them off in a bucket on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting give to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are, God. We thank you that we can be sons and daughters. Lord, we pray for the offering this morning. Pray that you'd bless it. Pray that you'd use it. Continue to build up your church and your kingdom and bless these people as they give and trust you in this way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. See you next week.